Welcome, guys, to another episode of the Special <laughs> Friends Podcast. It's your boy, Woozy, and I'm here with... What's up, y'all? It's me, Allie B. And we're, Professor B. And, and we're back, back again with another episode. Special Friends. She got my son, Cameron. Hanging out with Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Cameron's bad. Tell you, I got... My, you guys, my friend T, I got videos of Cameron acting up. Cameron is an angel. Cameron, I remember Cameron was up there one day and I'm just screaming, Get down! Yeah. <laughs> Why are you on top of the bookshelf? What are you doing? It's kind of like, you know, I don't know, I'm weird. Like, you're like, like on the shelf? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, but like for myself. Like, I come in and like really acted out like, Cameron, what are you doing up there? You're wilding out. <laughs> sit, sit down. Sit down. Not playing with you no more. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to be. I used to actually, actually, I think about it. I used to have a lot of stuffed animals. Actually, I still do. I have him. I got the bear. Right I got rest in peace. I got my big bear that died. My brother suplexed him and knocked the stuffing out his neck. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> and then I had a rabbit. What a violent got, way to go! <laughs> yeah. He slowly died too. I tried to keep him alive. No. He kept getting to me. Like he's kept getting skinnier and skinnier. I'm like, no. we, we gotta get rid of you, bro. He's keep losing all his fluff out your neck. <laughs> and then I had a rabbit. And the rabbit was probably my favorite. Rabbit was like, yeah, he was a real one. Like, Where he's is got rabbit? too dirty. Oh. Got too dirty. See, my mom told me, we gotta get rid of that. It's dirty. It's like yeah. when my dad threw away my blanket when I was little. A little blanket? Yeah. Dang. Ugh, look at this thing. No. <laughs> Not the look. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Uh. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, you know, one kind of just get right into it. Like, okay. how are you feeling? How's your week? My week. How am I feeling? I'm feeling great. <laughs> My week was very good. I tried some new things. Like, I went to a gun range for the first time. And... Um, it was so much fun. I went. I, I actually went on a date, and it was awesome. I did not know that. <clears throat> first of all, okay, when I went in for the first first part, had my you know ear protection on, my glasses, but um, the gunshots actually start startled me like other people shooting in the range. Yeah. So I kind of it was kind of like I was a puppy on fourth of july you know just like jumping until we got in there and then um yeah we got in we got down to business and it was so much fun and i've been really not like pro guns for so long so much of my life so it surprised me how much i enjoyed myself and um how good i was um but yeah it was it was a really good week like just a nice balance of work and play for once, I feel like I've been grind, grinding really hard uh, all this year. That's good. Uh, so do you, when you say, I mean, I'm glad you're, you're having more play. Yeah. Especially, I think we talked about that before, but I don't know. I think, it's, I, I think play is just as equally as important as, as working. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you got some of that in. What is that? What, 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 um. Is it something you just recognize and you just made a change or what does that look like? Like how did you like the balance? Yeah, like uh your girl hasn't arrived there fully, let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's still areas I have to get together 
Um, well, but, not full balance. I think balance is always a work in progress. Yeah. You know, I just wonder like what made you like I'm gonna play more. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm to play some more. Dating somebody I like, <laughs> you know, it, it's easy to do, especially when they're creative and you know have ideas of things that you know or experiences that they want to share with you. It makes it easier to be like, okay, I could, I, I could take a break. Like, I've been single for a long time, so working it almost doesn't feel like work for me a lot of the time it's because I enjoy it but then it can feel like work because that's all I'm ever doing it's all I ever talk about and so it's nice to have other things to talk about it's nice to have other things to experience and you know we I think we've had a few dates like we went hiking and even that just going out into nature and pausing like you know just having opportunities to pause yeah. and and not have to facilitate that it the them be invitations i think that's really what's helped it become um, more at the forefront in terms of like a, being willing to play because if you leave it up to me to just create opportunity to play um i'm gonna choose to work because that feels like play too sometimes <laughs> sometimes for me i don't know if that makes sense like, i'm having a good time i am i i because my work is creative and it's fun i'm creating things and fixing things and that's like where I completely nerd out and that's not to say friends don't invite me out and stuff like that but I don't know I find my social circle has gotten smaller she said y'all boring no no my my social (laughs) circle is smaller so and people be busy I be busy so anyway I don't know it's it was an it's been a good week that's good it's been a good week I'm glad you had a good week also it was my bestie's birthday shout out to Deandra we went to Bruce Chris for her birthday and Oh, and it was a great time. It was, I had so much fun catching up my sorority sisters and just eating good. I almost ate too much. Um, it was so rich, but worth every bite and every penny. <laughs> every bite and every penny. Every bite and every penny. You know what? Shout out to Ruth Chris. And every minute. Yeah. Shout out to Ruth Chris. Shout out to my friends. so is that it's my friends and dating and like me you know enjoying my students and my work like all that is just balancing out very nicely you know that's good how was your week a blur (laughs) blur did it just go by fast or what do you mean by that you know so i always feel like my weeks i don't know where my saturday and my mondays start (laughs) like for me this is like Dang, I'm at work again. <laughs> <laughs> like, Where did the weekend go? Yeah, and then even like that, like even with the week, I'm like, man, it's Friday. Damn. But I will say, I don't know. I think that's a good thing, though, for me personally. Like, I don't know. I I, I feel like it's been a good week. I just I just been writing a lot, so I feel like I'll write. I just be writing, writing, and I look up, and I'll be like, dang, where did time go? Like. Like I told you earlier, I've been I've been learning how to um, script, so I've been taking some lessons on understanding script, uh, scripting st- uh, structure, and just understanding how to tell a story better. And mm-hmm. I took a course, a Coursera course, a long time ago about storytelling, but it's, I just want to kind of get way better at telling stories mm-hmm. and understanding story structure and things like that. Um, what were some of the best tips that you found about story structure? Just breaking it down to three parts. Yeah, beginning, beginning middle, middle, end. end. And it, but also understanding what each one is. Like, beginning mm. shouldn't be that long, and it's 
it's just the intro to the characters and the story. And then the middle is like, you know, the kind of like the meat, I guess you could say, like the climax. And it's really important to pose like mm. a problem or a conflict or something like that. Like, like where's the, that's where the, you understand what you're trying to do in the story. Mm. And then the ending is just like the resolution. And it that looks different depending on how you want to tell your story. Sometimes the resolution is nothing you can do. <laughs> or like, you know, it just depends on what's going on. But like just understanding better, like, because you think about sometimes you tell your own stories and sometimes people like falls flat. And you yeah. probably think like, well, did you even do an introduction? Did you just jump right into we're like, who are you talking about? Who is Miss Karen? <laughs> you know, I was doing a lecture this week on organizational patterns and we we're talking about chronological for informative speaking or storytelling. Yeah. And I, we were trying to tell the story of Princess Tiana, like Princess and the Frog. And I'm thinking about like, I feel like because I broke these down to beginning, middle and end. But then I spent more time in the beginning than I did explaining the point of contention in the middle. So I'm like, I thought that would be fun to go back and like clean up together. But also we were as a class trying to remember the whole plot and mm -hmm. like what was the contention in the middle was it when at what point did she become a frog also we couldn't remember so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and i think that's the thing that was cool for me was like uh the guy there's a video i was watching he said before you write a script just write a synopsis mm -hmm. like it has to be like and like force yourself to make it a paragraph and like in doing that you do you kind of it helps you pick out what are key details mm -hmm. like you know like you know is it important to set the scene is it important to tell the story of a character? Does that add to the story? Mm. And so I've been enjoying it. I've been having a good time with it. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I, I'm kind of curious of, we'll just chat more after the episode. <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds like a good uh, course yeah. to get lost in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a, yeah, it was some, it was a good time. Shout out to YouTube Academy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what my week has been mostly just, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like writing in my journal prompts or my this is my first well, it's not my first time, but this is my first real time of pushing myself to be organized in my journal. And like, especially because I lost my last journal, I'm like, if I'm gonna do another journal, let's just let's just like let's go back to the drawing board. So now I have like a table of contents in my journal. And that's probably like the wildest thing that I've done. Cause it's like I could go to front of my journal, I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote notes about this and i can go back and find it mm -hmm. which is kind of cool but you know yeah i'm a free flyer sometimes so mm -hmm. sometimes when just write it all out like but i also structure you know opens up for, for creativity so <laughs> so you know that's yeah <laughs> that's where we're at in my class too so i love that that's kind of overlapping 100 percent. but yeah I, i've been good i've been good i'm yeah, I've been good. I've been. How's Alexis? She's good. Yeah. She's chilling. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll let her tell her own story. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Alexis. <laughs> but hey, girl, yeah. Hey. yeah. I wanted to. I know it's kind of late as far as the um, the Will and Jada stuff. Obviously, it was like a like three weeks ago, maybe. Mm. But we brought it. To, we we came to our it came to our attention about the about the social media posts and I know it's kind of weird. There's no segue there, but I don't know. I was kind of, I kind of <laughs> wanted, I know. Right. But, 
I don't know. I was as I was just looking at it in the notes right now. I kind of wanted to talk about it because I thought about it more, and I just don't ever want to be a celebrity. <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> also, can we shout out Ariel? Oh yeah, big shout out to Ariel. That could be our segue. Yeah. Because Ariel's, you know, part of our team. Yeah. Uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. And brought to us the attention. Well, I don't know if it was you or her, or if it was a collab of the two, but really helping enhance our topic list. 100%. So, yeah, we 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 got a new person on the on the squad. They're not here today, but we're we're bringing in um we got a we got a homie who's going to help out with the with the topics. Shout out Ariel. Yeah. Arioki. Um she helped us with this week's topics. Yeah. So. So definitely going to be a overall vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so this Will and Jada post. Mm-hmm. What were you asking about it? Oh, I, no, I was just saying that. I was saying, like, um, I just don't want to be a celebrity. Like That's I, right, that's right. Yeah, because I, I, as I was looking at it, you know, I get the outrage of, like, oh, you know, how could she do X, Y, Z, or how can he, he did this, she did this. But in my head, I was like, imagine, like, everything you do is under scrutiny. <laughs> like, everything. I can't even post a birthday post. You know, like <laughs> without everybody trying to read into it, and yeah, like oh, this is disrespectful. Like to the point that she had the disabled comments. Like what the? But anyways, yeah, that's I don't know. That just kind of like boggled my mind. But to get into it, well, I, if m- nobody knows, Will and Jada, you know, Jada's birthday was in September. Uh, I think it's like September eighteenth, mm-hmm. and for you know for the birthday, he made a Will Smith made a birthday post, kind of going you know a picture from from all her 28 birthdays that they've been together, which is kind of a, a cool tribute, you know, like see the, how long they've been together and how they've changed over time, you know, pictures of babies, babies getting bigger and things like that is really dope. And he had like a little brief message in there. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it was heartfelt. Um, but I guess the internet got in a tizzy because two days later she made a post about, you know, Tupac, the infamous Tupac and, um, how the how like her life is inter, is in how Tupac's life and Will Smith's life are intertwined in her life in like different in different in different ways and obviously I don't know what the comments said because the comments are disabled and I didn't I don't know if there's a way to go find them but obviously by the disabled comments it was a tizzy about it and people felt like it was disrespectful and distasteful so I think it's distasteful for people to comment their opinions about that. <laughs> particular relationship because this is the thing okay like first of all let's just think about chronologically the timeline of all of these dates in september Mm -hmm. right like tupac passes on september 13th Mm -hmm. 1996 however jada's birthday is september 18th will's birthday september 25th Mm -hmm. that's all within a week's time of so many different major events yeah birthdays death dates or death anniversaries for people to be so indignant on what's appropriate and what's not appropriate for jada to post i just think is that's what's out of pocket because at the end of the day it's a week of or almost two weeks of moving between gratitude for life and grief over loss of life yeah. You know what I mean? 
So for Will to be able to post that, that makes sense. Like, of course he can post a happy birthday for Jada around the 13th or the 18th when her birthday is. But just five days before that, she's grieving the loss of one of her greatest friends, you know. And it's not just five days of grief. It's your life to grieve. So I don't know that Jada's birthday feels like a happy time for her, you know, or even that Will's birthday feels like a happy time for her when she's still grieving you know, somebody else. I don't know. I, I just have empathy for that. I Well, and I think the thing, I think it's, you're right to do so. I mean, it's, it's weird to tell somebody that it should be over it, especially when you realize, like, I know there's assumptions that she dated Tupac, but she never, they, they never officially mm-hmm. were, they dated. They just really had a close friendship mm-hmm. from what we understand. And I think that's another thing when it comes to like me, like, like the internet and media, things get lost and people thinking like, Oh, this is her ex. But like, if this is her best friend, like, are you going to be mad? You're mad at her for grieving her best friend's loss after her birthday. Like, and then including that we were me and him were singing Will Smith's song and never thought I would see myself with him. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I or it's like somebody who's been married for a long time who loses their partner to like, illness or some unexpected passing Mm -hmm. and remarries but always loves that person like it doesn't matter if it was romantic if it was platonic really it's not our business but the fact that they loved each other is real and for us to i don't know downplay that in the name of marriage i think is short-sighted and it, it lacks compassion and and empathy in the way that i feel like the world really needs so yeah i don't know i you know if we I guess neither of us really be on the internet like that three weeks later to have these com- these comments, but I still think that they stand because I don't know if um, Jada commented on Will's post. I don't know that she had to, or even if she did, if it was worth like critiquing, but I don't think it was anybody's place or business to say anything and like create more drama for them. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I said. Like, it's one of those things where, I mean, like you said, it, My my, I guess my question: What 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 was she supposed to do? Not post about Tupac? I don't know. Like, you know, like damned if she do does, damned if she doesn't. Yeah, and it's not like I don't know. Like, I why I get the I get the initial thought. We aren't surface level beings. Like, if we were surface level always, then it makes sense. Like, okay, mm-hmm. like you're married, you need to not talk about another guy. But it's like that's we realize it's not how it. Like I said, Will still has a relationship with his first, I don't know if they got married, but his first baby mama, at least, if, if, if it's not his first wife. Like, they have a blended family that way, so it's like, well, so that's okay? Not, anyway. Yeah, 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 so that's okay, but it's not cool for Jada, yeah. To still be grieving over Tupac? Like, yeah. It's so long ago, like, get over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's so funny, but yeah, I, I don't know, I just, but I, that's what I was saying, like, as far as being a celebrity, like, bro, just like, can you imagine like you really like can you imagine going through being a human and it's like it's being scrutinized like ew like you're still upset about something like you should be over that well because it didn't happen to you motherfucker (laughs) like you know like (laughs) i don't know like yeah i don't know i feel like there's yeah a way in which being a celebrity you have to have very thick skin and truly not care what people think about you. You really have to be set in like 
knowing who you are and believing in that version of yourself and protecting that too, because it's easy, I think, for that to be challenged that, you know, for you to, to be challenged in what you know to be true about yourself or, you know, people to critique those things and make them seem like they're not enough. But there's, there are celebrities out there that I think are doing the best they can to protect and preserve the, the authenticity of who they are. And those are ones I can appreciate. But to your point about like wanting to be famous, I do appreciate like the privacy of being a regular person. Yeah. You know, the, if there's going to be any critiques, it's like mainly my boss, my students, my family, yeah. <laughs> myself, like people who not actually the world. have like some insight on how I'm actually living my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like that's like my thing. Like it'd be different if it was like, you know, like I'll give the, I think the only time there's a pass and I don't know if this is true, but this is how I feel is like, if you want to judge somebody on like a reality TV show, because it's like kind of like almost it's if it's if you believe it's real like almost all that's out there for for people to to digest so you know like kardashians you know we saw all the stuff that goes on if you want to judge them okay cool because you got it you got a, a pretty good basis for that but they also open themselves up to that yeah yeah but somebody like who you might get a glimpse of like they're not dating no more he wasn't shit. She wasn't shit. It's like, what? <laughs> like do, you, do you think Will and Jada just open themselves up to it since they're celebrities, though? I think or they just... open themselves up to it when they when they started to work on their personal brands, mm-hmm. and not not on purpose. It's just what happens when they were out the way. We weren't, even though people had their ideas. No, we didn't really care. Yeah. But now that we see you a lot more often, the questions start to come up, and then it's like the social media pages, the red table yeah, talk. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. It's pretty, it's pretty, have you ever like been a judgmental of of celebrities before? Yes. Yeah. 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 I I, I have. And I feel like over time, the ones I've been most judgmental of, I've come to try to understand a bit better and I'll go through like moments where I feel like, okay, well, I could really understand them. And then I'll be exposed to another side of them. I'm like, wait, no, wait, wait, my initial analysis or my, my initial analysis like, I don't think that people should, the thing is, like, I don't think that everybody should get the sort of influence that they have. And so that's why I'm a, crit- a critic, because I don't want to just be, like, liking celebrities because everybody else likes them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have been judgmental, particularly, like, when I was younger. I remember I came across the Cosmo um, magazine with Kim K., I feel like I've told you this before, mm-hmm. but I came across this Cosmo magazine. I think I was like 15 and Kim K did an, ar- an interview and it laid out her responses. And one of the questions was, "What tell us one thing that no one would ever guess about you. And she said, I've never taken a BM, which is, I know she meant like a bowel movement. And at this time, like you would, mo- I feel like I told you this and you're like, she was probably just kidding. She was probably a joke, but it was like there was no LOL that I remember (laughs) at that time. And also it was at a time where I feel like women were being kind of in this box to be hygienically perfect. You know what I mean? Like that those were not, you know, periods and things like that even were like something you should really not talk about around guys. So it would be 
feasible to believe that she was serious about it. Yeah. But as a kid at 15, I was like, this is blasphemy. Yeah. The fact that she tried to lie to us. What do you, I'm 15 and I know you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And at that point, that was the, that was the start of when I stopped having, I never really knew who she was, but I was like very much a critic. Now that the Kardashians is out, now that she's gone through everything with Kanye, I don't know. I, I, I feel very neutral. I don't feel away. But I feel away when celebrities try to, like, have an influence and it's, like, not healthy or, um, like, what they're trying to put out there is not a healthy representation of human life. Yeah. You get what I mean? Like, girl, be a good representation to women. Show us the real stuff that actually happens, not the, like idealized version of of this character that you know so many young girls are like trying to live up to unrealistically yeah i get what you're saying anyway yeah so i know i'm rambling about no, no, that you're not rambling I, I was just i was like trying to just understand what you're saying like not trying to like i give like basically like i think that's the weird part about being a celebrity because it is marketing at the end of the day like yeah i have to yeah. i have to you know she wants to mark herself as like at least at that time as this perfect person like a perfect vixen i think is really what she was going for at that time yeah so it's like no i don't go to the bathroom i've never been musty in my life and mm-hmm. i you know like yeah don't even imagine I, that with me yeah i look like this all the time this is not even makeup mm-hmm. this is my fresh face and we know it's not <laughs> you know like but now i feel like we live in i think you know that's why i think it's crazy like the how the world works like we're kind of like cyclical because it's like at one point like being having your face beat and like looking a certain like you know having your makeup consistent to look like it was almost natural was like a thing, but now it's like I like my girl with no makeup. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know, and it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of cool. You know, I've seen a lot more people like go on camera with a fresh face, and obviously you can tell that they have a fresh face because they look completely different, and like being okay with it. I'm like that's crazy because to oh, yeah. me, I I could never imagine this when I was younger, like. Seeing Kim Kardashian without the makeup on. Because <laughs> you know? people want to relate to celebrities these days. They don't want to be, you know, I don't know. Out of, they don't want to be connected to celebrities that feel out of touch. That makes sense. With reality. Who's the, who do you feel like the most personal celebrity? In your opinion, your personal celebrity. Um, big names. Though. Big names. Adele. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. Adele is a good good great example. Um Okay, you do one. Let me see if anyone else comes to mind. Okay, I'm going to ban myself from Kanye. Yeah. I'm going to say like I don't know 50 Cent. Oh, 50 is good. That's a good choice. I think 50 Cent for me is very um even though I know it's marketing, I feel like a lot of I, I still feel like a lot of what he does is based in some form of reality of his of his own reality I agree like he's not doing anything that seems like I wouldn't imagine him actually doing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. you know like Snoop Dogg too oh for sure yeah Snoop, Snoop Dogg just living life having a oh, good yeah. time oh yeah oh like, yeah every time I see him I'm like just having a good time again <laughs> I saw, I think I remember, he said he was talking about, I watched an interview of him talking about he met, he met some, I don't know if it was Clint Eastwood, he said he met some, he met somebody, and he said he was literally just a fan of that person, just like, 
was like so excited to meet them and talk to them. I'm like, I'm like, Snoop Dogg is literally just like did think he's gonna become a celebrity and was like, man, I'm like, you know, just enjoying. I don't know. I love that. I love that too. Very laid back. I feel like if I hung out with Snoop Dogg, I would be able to like not be super star starstruck. Yeah. After five minutes, I would be able to like relax and be like, what's up? What's up? What kind of stories? I want to know some stories, Snoop Dogg. Like DJ Khaled. I think DJ Khaled. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's probably cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's probably. I I don't know much about DJ Khaled. I don't don't know much about him, but I just know about like people. You know, we, we... when I first saw DJ Khaled, especially when he blew up on Snapchat, I thought he was had a persona on. Mm-hmm. And then people who are close to him said, nah. <laughs> that's that's really who he is. And I don't know if you've seen the video where he's like pumping his girl up. She's like working out. He like, he like pumping her up. She's like, hey, shut the hell up. <laughs> I get to tell him, man, like, tell him shut up. And I was like, yeah, he do that all the time. <laughs> he does that all the time. That's, that's for sure. That's cute. <laughs> um, and that's, that's awesome. I love that he's a golden retriever basically at heart. <laughs> I just love people who are positive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's good for right now. Yeah, there's no pressure. I was just, I was just wondering, I was thinking about like, hmm, who are people that I really feel like, eh, that's all. That's what do you feel like person. that about Cardi B? Post-industry plant Cardi B or? I still think she's real. I'll say before the Pepsi commercial, yes. The Pepsi commercial with Bruno Mars. When she got her Pepsi deal. Oh, the Pepsi deal. Yeah, when she got like she was like a she was like the voice she was like a voice in one of the commercials or something like that. But I do remember that, but I don't remember what era that was. I just feel like once she got the big money, she she kind of um. And granted, you know it's hard to tell. That's why I say again, I don't know Cardi B's life, so I don't want to speak on her life too much. But I personally feel like after she started getting the big deals, she cleaned up her public persona a lot. Mm-hmm. She needed to, I mean, after the lawsuit and everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I get it, but in that, I do feel like, you know, there's some authenticity loss. But if you go on her lives, obviously her lives are her for sure. So mm-hmm. I think I think she just matured and grew up. Mm-hmm. And But she, you know, maybe is stuck in the algorithm of Hollywood. Yeah. You know, but... I, I stand by. I think that Cardi is pretty herself. Yeah, you know? I, I'm not. I'm not I saying don't... like. I'm not saying like she fake or anything yeah. like that. It's just more. I just feel like she's way more, which is good, but she's definitely more aware of keeping certain sides yeah. to in her control. Like, you know, like we're not, mm-hmm. we're not gonna see. I I think it's rare for us to see twerking Cardi again. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, and she's got a daughter now, but that's what I mean by maturing. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, she's exactly. A different time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I said. But shout out to Cardi. Shout out. I love Cardi B. Me too. So yeah, I think that was pretty good. I wanted to um, kind of go. I mean, that's a good example, a good segue to go straight into talking about. Well, we're we're sitting down talking to, to Ariel over the weekend, and we're talking about just we're just talking about the examples of. I guess you could just say black people in general mm. has just majorly shifted. And it's like, we were kind of asking ourselves, like, what happened to all the Disney Channel black people? <laughs> you know, like. The Disney teens, the black teens. All we got is Zendaya. Yeah. <laughs> like. And that changed after she went to Euphoria, which I love, by the way. But she's grown now. 
So it's like, I guess there's like, who is there? I can't name some. I mean, I don't, I also haven't sat down and watched TV with my brothers and stuff like that. So I don't know who's new out there that's still on that. Because it's like everybody, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah, I don't have nobody in my head that maybe China, China McLean. I don't know who that is. Um, She was on, she was on a Disney show. What was that show called? can't remember her name. If well, I show you a picture, you probably know who she is. If we keep it specifically to Hollywood, it's gonna it's tricky. I would I would I think there's like other cool examples that are coming up that are like not teens. But yeah, we don't have any black teens. I do know who she is. I, I what what movie was she in? She was in movies. House of she was in the show House of Pain. She was a little girl in House of Pain. She was on a show called Ant Farm, and she was in both Grown Ups. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, she plays Doc McStuffins' voice. So yeah, I haven't watched Netflix in a while, but it does it does feel like even like teen like entertainment is still very like explicit. In terms of like exposure to topics of sex and drugs. And I guess, I don't know, I guess that's what teens are going through these days. But where's the purity? Like, I don't know. There's still stuff that like even my my students know that I'm like, that I don't know. And I'm like, is that what's hot and, and trending in terms of conversation these days? Is like vulgar stuff and I don't know. I don't know. I feel like sex. I think the problem. Cause this is what I'm. This is what I'm thinking about in my head. Like, I just think the access of information is such a beautiful thing. But in the access of, of, of any information that you want, like example, we we're talking about before we got on, and I don't know if it's going to be in a, be in here after post, but we're on Wiki Feet. Like you know, going down a rabbit hole, Wiki Feet. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine like a kid going down a rabbit hole on anything. Yeah. You know, like. You know, you see a girl shaking something and you just write it, you type in there, girl shaking butt. And then you find out there's a word how twerking. <laughs> and now you, you you go and, you know, you start going through Oh the, my gosh, yeah. And you start going down a rabbit hole of like what that is and what that evolves into. So I feel like we were just, you know, like our moms and dads was Google. So if we heard a word, it's like, hey mom. Yeah. And that shit gets shut down immediately. That's so true. Where'd you hear that from? You wrapped it by a shirt? Where'd you hear that from? My uncle told me about it. I didn't know what it was. Or they, or or they would gatekeep if it wasn't ready, if, if it wasn't for you to know about it at that time. You'll you'll find out when you're older. One hundred percent. And now there's no. You'll find out when you're older. I mean, there's you know explicit warnings on YouTube's and, and videos like this material is reserved for eighteen and up. But mm-hmm. who's to say a kid can easily put, say yes, I'm eighteen and not be? So there is much less of that filtering today. That, that, that's the that's the question that I think a lot of people are posing right now is like, mm-hmm. do you feel like there needs to be more filtering? I think so. I had a student who did a speech this week um, on this prompt I have called Unpopular Opinions. And she her unpopular opinion is that kids under 18 shouldn't have social media. That's what's up. And I was like, I don't hate the idea of that at all. Yeah. At all. Because just that 
you know, coming into figuring out who you are and and what it means to even be a kid. I feel like all of that should be focused on at school and in the family, like experience it. Don't just like, I don't know, create um, like social media pages to try to like capture it. Just experience it, you, you know? Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's well, you fair, know but. I think I, I definitely agree with her, but the way that I thought about it is actually so funny. Well, what were you thinking about? I'm thinking about, cause I hope my girlfriend she's doing a she's doing a thing on a, on um, what's the word the dependency like mm-hmm. the, like like cell phone dependency in teens mm-hmm. and also in adults but it was specifically gauged towards teens, and it was just talking about how like we have access to our phone like twenty four seven like they said that they did a study in two thousand twenty twenty two, and they said like um they in they interviewed t- to teens and. 46% of teens said they're on their phone almost constantly throughout the day. <laughs> I think 48% were, they asked of the girls, 48% of the girls said they're on their phone almost constantly, and of the boys, 43% on their phone almost constantly throughout the day. Um, and that's just that's just being on their phone. That's not even talking about like the dependency part. That's just yeah. knowing that at, throughout the day, these people, whether they're dependent on their phone or not, they're on their phone constantly. yeah. yeah. And because I think about like social media when I was younger, because I was thinking about what you're saying, like I had social media when I was younger and I wasn't. But I think about the dynamic social media back before was like, if you had a MySpace, you could only get on MySpace on the computer. So like if I wanted to post pictures, that means I go about my life, live my life, come home and then upload those pictures to the computer somehow and then post them. And I, I went to a school that had technology where you could go, you, you could get on the internet, but MySpace was blocked. Like right. certain websites were blocked. So you exactly. could only focus on school. Exactly. So um, I feel like they had some, some things like that on high schools where they block access to like Instagram and stuff. We found, but we found ways around it. Yeah. I did when I was younger, but <laughs> <laughs> most of us, I feel like we probably yeah. did, <laughs> but yeah, that, that yeah. is, and there's this concept in, um, there's this concept called adultification of children, but especially black girls are often adultified where they are pretty much sent on the highway to womanhood and they almost don't really get to experience girlhood. You know, the things that are before sex, before, you know, love and relationships and and all the other stuff that comes with womanhood. Yeah. It's not just romantic relationships, but life events. Before all of that, like just being able to enjoy playing with your dolls and having sleepovers with your, you know, your friends, like that kind of stuff gets almost lost in the pursuit to become a woman for young black girls, especially. So it's interesting to also see that in media that young black girls, who are they striving to be like, you know, are they striving to be like, well, we were talking on the phone with Ariel, you know, sexy red. You know, you see the more you see more and more teens with like long acrylic nails, being able to lay uh, what's it called? Their wigs better. I can't I don't even know how to lay a wig at all. Yeah. And I know so many students younger than me <laughs> and I've seen teens be able to just look even older than me. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole, but 
adultification of young girls. It's definitely well, I happening. You to talk, I wanted to speak on that a little bit more because I wanted to ask you. Um, I guess the question I'll ask about that is like, do you feel like? Because like, so I'm, I'm thinking about like when you're talking about like I think about when I was younger, how I grew up like you know like, sister couldn't wear makeup. Mm-hmm. you know things like that like things were off limits to a certain age yeah so they feel like we, we're ready to experience whatever do you feel like there's less of that does there need to be more of that because like you said when i think about acrylic nails my sister didn't have acrylic nails when like i can't remember my sister ever getting acrylic nails like she would go get the little paint mm-hmm. but you didn't get acrylic nails until you till i remember you graduating at least like, yeah yeah i and, i don't know if that's still the norm I no, feel it's like the norm. no. It's definitely not the norm. Yeah, I mean, especially I just think about like prom, like how how kids look for prom, and it's I'm like, man, I miss my era. Like the, I I came up in the in the right era, but also like where were we? Because I had a little short cocktail dress on for prom, mm-hmm. you know, like you know, short dresses were cute just as much as like long extravagant dresses, and um, you know, the way that when that girls will do their their makeup and their hair they look beautiful and yeah. grown and it's like i don't know i don't know i don't even know if i'm answering your question at, at this point well i was, I was just more asking like well, give me a second you got excited <laughs> just, got kind excited. Of just thinking about kind of like what that was like for me in comparison to today And we're back, and we're back, Makes me think of that Chance the Rapper song. Shout out to Chance, it's my boy. It's my boy. But, sorry about that, I had to, I had to fix the camera. But, yeah, I wanted to, um, what I was kind of asking you about that was, it's like a, t- it's like a tough conversation, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. I think about the way that I grew up as well. I'm pretty sure you can relate to this where it's like, or I should say, I should ask you this. Do you feel like you knew more when you were younger than your parent might've knew at that time? Than my parent? Yeah. At your, when you were younger? I mean, I thought I did, but I didn't. No, not, not like, like, uh, did you at 14, do you feel like you knew more than your mom did at 14? Oh, yes. Wait, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because that's what I'm, I'm thinking about, like, even though, like, I think about when I was younger, too, I'm like, you know, I, I've heard the term, I've heard it all the time, y'all just growing up too fast, y'all growing up too fast. Because even though I was a little bit more chased, my friends, I remember going to, I remember seeing people make out in the bounce, cou- in the bounce house, and I thought that was weird as <laughs> Like, ugh, y'all really in there making out, and like, you know, stuff like that, and like, you know, f- cousins finding nudie mags and stuff like that it's like oh (laughs) like and we were like dumb young i just feel like but like you said i feel like there was a i don't know i don't know where the cap like how did that not i feel like now it's like (laughs) sorry Wow, the universe is really out here today. Wildin. 
<laughs> it was very weird. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Anyways, before the camera was absolutely rude. <laughs> what was I saying? I forgot. Oh, we were saying about knowing more when we were younger. But I was, I was saying, like, I was trying to figure out what what kept us from... The internet. Yeah, I guess it has to be the internet. The internet, 100%. I the accent, like the complete accent. I think about dial-up. You couldn't get on the internet unless... Mm-hmm. I had to get my parents' permission. Yeah. It was all, it was so much more tech. Like, uh, yeah, it's just, everything is reliant on Wi-Fi now. Now everything's so accessible. Yeah. Even, like, your homes, like, Alexa's being in the house, and you just ask Alexa questions. If you know, if your parents aren't going to tell you, Alexa can tell you. Hey, Alexa, no, no, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I don't know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the, the adultification of, of kids, specifically black girls, is such a, complex problem yeah it's like i want to because I, I i know it's the truth and like role models definitely play it play a, like a major role because you know they only want to be like do you feel like it's also because we have younger parents because hmm. you think about like if my mom had me so my mom had me at 20 with me now, she's 40. If I had a kid now in my 20s, my grandma's young. Her grandma's young. My grandma's old as hell. <laughs> like, my grandma in her 80s. Let me not do my grandma like that. My grandma in her 80s, and I'm in my 20s. Like, mm. if I have a kid now, my mom's going to be in her 60s as a grandma. Technically. Like, and that depends on just the, how everything happened now. Like, I know people who got, like, my grandma. Technically, my mom's a grandma right now. Because mm-hmm. my, my sister had a kid. And my mom's a grandma at forty, and like when he gets in the tens, he's gonna be she's gonna be fifty, like <laughs> you know it's gonna be still a different. I don't know, like not saying that that that'll adultify the kid, but I'm like, I guess you will see like the the examples that you're seeing are still people living yeah. in their youth. Well, I don't know. I I don't know. I I have no idea because I there were kids in my family like my age. But mm-hmm. also, I, I'm also, there's not a lot of us, and we're all the same age. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's not like there were younger kids. Or like if we have, yeah, if, there are some younger kids in our family, but there's not a lot of them. So they do have a bunch of adults to be looking up to. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that could be some of it, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what the, I'd have to do more research, but it is an interesting phenomenon to see kind of playing out. And I'm curious kind of what the trend will be. I also think that there's just like other types of figures and role models today that are just more accepted than before and, and probably more creativity with like animated movies and princesses and things like that. Or yeah. So I feel like people are probably finding inspiration in those sort of stories too. But Interesting. that's not to, not to undermine that reality for black girls. But, you know, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I guess my, my thing is like, I want to find, maybe not find the problem, but like, how do you, is it just propping up better examples or is it, we have to like a uh, solution, I guess I'm looking for like, mm-hmm. and not, not really for the world, but like, you know, I'm, you're, you're going to have a kid one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a kid one day. Like what's something that, cause I'm thinking to myself, like the only thing I could imagine is like just monitoring whatever technologies at the time but like with that you know will that drive it forward because they're going to be with their friends and want to you know feel like they're left out like what is you know it's like because mm-hmm. i don't i can't i'm trying i guess in this moment i'm trying to wrap my, my brain around it because well like, i think it comes back to my students argument of like if we start to limit kids access to technology and social media like we were yeah. we might find that you know there'll be kids there'll be kids we'll be able to preserve a bit of their innocence because you know that's part of part of growing up is losing that and it's not fun to lose you know to lose your innocence in some regards like it's it's not at all i don't know i feel like entertaining to see the vulgarity of the world but it's so much more less depressing i should say it's less depressing (laughs) (laughs) when you can see it through more innocent lenses in my opinion yeah but 100 percent I, de- I definitely agree with that. Like, there should be some, you know, I feel like, and then I also feel like some of the best things come from that innocence. Like, mm-hmm. the real ideas, instead of like, it'll never work. It's like, some of the people who never had their, you know, had life knock them down, they they, they can go on to it, aspire and achieve, do great things before the world actually come and kicks in. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Maybe even if they have a social media, uh, what's it called? profile it has to be with their parent or something like <laughs> like poor kid that would suck kids would hate that i mean also teens I, would hate that i, I think maybe I, not i think about it i feel like they wouldn't because think about it think about like how when you have to go to the pool you, if you're under if you're a minor you have to be a company like why is social media any different yeah and you, you still don't like you still have fun at the pool even if your parents are sitting outside the water mm-hmm the only time you get mad if the parents come to the water if you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing I, I imagine it would just be like a regulation thing be hard to regulate but yeah you know it's i think it would have to be like attitude change i don't know how you would regulate that especially because anyone can make a profile if they're smart enough to lie i trust me i, I i've definitely like what's your birthday calculator to see when i'm 18 <laughs> i got accounts right now that like say i'm 30 something mm-hmm. because i made it when i was like 14 <laughs> and i wanted access to the stuff that was not for 14 year olds so that's it that's yeah but so even, but man, i don't know that's, it's funny because i'm thinking like gta <laughs> like i was like i want to play grand theft auto <laughs> well we gotta give kids something to like feel yeah. you know inspired to want to be a part of 100 and i don't think that we make childhood a very compelling experience to want to live through sometimes what happens to camps 
Anyways. Oh, I miss day camps. Yeah, I started acting like an old man. Like, man, y'all don't go to camps no more. <laughs> For so, real. All y'all do is show them the tic tac. Anyways, that's so funny. But yeah, I think that'd be. A, I think that's a good question to come back to. Yeah, I thought I want to. I want to explore on that with some people because I, th- I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, because we recently got more updates on Brickgate. Okay. You know, did you do any more research on no. it? No. But. So this is Should ignorant we? comments. Should we look a little bit? All I, all I wanted to know if she if she got hit in the head with the brick. And I'm I'm going on to say right now that I'm gonna believe that she got hit in the head with the brick. Okay. And if I'm wrong, we can we can have that discussion later. But I'm gonna move with the idea that my girl got smacked in the head with a brick. Okay. So, because according to what's happened is that, you know, I think her name is Carly Russell. No. No. No, Carly Russell's the other girl who lied about getting kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Carly. Not shout out to Carly. I don't know. I'll let But, yeah, this. I don't know what her name is. I can't find her name, but I'm trying to find it right now. Just She see. just keeps being described as woman hit with brick. <laughs> Black woman hit with okay, brick. Okay, how about that? Black, we'll get her name. Wait, wait. Oh, Ro Bachet. Ro Bachet. That's a pretty cool name. Bosman, is that what you got? It says Rhoda Osman, who is known online as Robache. Okay, okay. That's a pretty cool name, actually. Yeah, it is a cool name. <laughs> Shout out to her. But yeah, she um, you know, she got she made a video of her saying she got hit in the head with a brick. And you know, black men just stood by and watched. Then it went over, it was like there was no truth to that. They couldn't find no truth to that. And that became a thing. And now, you know, they were calling her a scammer. She had mm-hmm. did things in the past, blah, blah, blah. And then now it comes out again that, hold on, she might actually got hit in the head with a brick. I am going to believe in this moment that she got hit in the head with a brick because why is she fighting so hard to say she got hit in the head with a brick? If she really didn't get hit in the head with a brick, she could have just got away with it and left it alone. But, yeah, I wanted to, you know, this has brought up a conversation about you know, the conversation that came up was the, are black women, you know, are black men protecting black women um, in all avenues of life? Um, and that's like the controversy that the black community is going in, going in about. And I kind of wanted to talk about it, talk about it ourselves, because, again, whether you believe that Roe Bache got hit in the head with a brick or not, the question still stands is that black women don't feel and are not protected you know mm-hmm. and i kind of wanted you to speak to that especially as a black woman like how do you feel about that conversation of black women not being protected mm. today it's tricky because hmm, i well i can feel that i definitely i feel that i do feel that i've had i've, I've i'm not always talking about like within the black community or just at large well, I want I want to speak kind of personal to yourself. Like when you feel like you're not protected by black, like by like what when you when you say that, what does that feel like? Like what does that mean to you when you're like, I feel like black women aren't protected by black men. Like what does that mean to you? Um, well, for me, it means my own personal experiences, which you know have to do with being wronged and going to other black men for advice on how to approach it to write it write the write the way in which i've been wronged yeah and them not 
wanting any part of that problem solving, Mm -hmm. you know, really leaving it to me to figure out. So the specific example I have is um, in undergrad, I was sexually assaulted by a friend who was in a fraternity and I went to some of his fraternity brothers and and just like mutual friends, all almost all black people. And many of them were like, I don't don't know what to I don't know what to say. I'm sorry that happened, but I don't really know. I don't know what to tell you in terms of like how to address it. And I suppose that's not really like a. You know, black man, like specific issue, but the problem for me was that I had had this again wrong done unto me by one of their brothers and none of them were willing to help me in facilitating a conversation about it. Yeah. Even though I'd asked for help, you know, none of them were willing to ask him about it, you know, or help create any resolution and peace around the problem. Yeah. And so for me feeling unprotected is exactly that. And just same for her, you know, she's in this conflict and she's left to have to have to figure it out herself. And, you know, we're not saying that black men have to be the problem solvers, but to leave us to have to solve all of the problems that we're up against ourselves, particularly problems that um, are created by other men. That's where it starts to feel problematic because men honestly listen to one another more, more than they often listen to women. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's, it's those things like when we're in moments of danger that we have to do so much explaining and proving to be, to earn protection. Whereas black men don't really have to do quite as much explaining in my opinion, as much explaining or, you know, proving to be believed and to be defended. I feel like black women are often coming to black men's defense without all the full story and details and then getting the story and the details and realizing, Oh shit, wait, maybe they weren't, you know, who they said they were, who we were, who we were defending, Yeah, you know, who we were even putting the narrative we were even putting out on that person, Mm. you know? So, um, I don't know. I think that that's interesting. Like, I I think an example, an interesting example is the Stefan Clark situation where when Stefan Clark passed away, regardless, I don't, uh, one of the, uh, one of the recurring debates that was coming up was that he was not pro black women. And it was difficult because like there is history of these tweets where he was, not saying kind things about black women, but here he has lost his life and there's black women in the streets fighting for his justice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, that became a point of contention where some black women were like, this isn't even my fight because he wasn't there for me. But the reality is there's still black women that are going to be showing up for him, regardless of that being a truth that's, you know, floating around in the community. So that's what I think it means to be like, to feel like not safe, particularly in the hands of black men just to feel like our problems are not yours but your problems are always ours and we're yeah. we're always showing up for those to fight for them yeah you know interesting yeah i asked because you know and i've t- I told you about this about the um, the usually when especially us as black men hear the term Black women need to be protected and black women ain't protected. It's usually met with, I'll be trying to protect you, but, but X, Y, Z. And like, why I agree with that. Like, I feel that 
same like you know it's almost like a visceral reaction like that same emotional reaction to immediately do that when i hear stuff like hear stuff like black women don't protect black women um or black men don't put i mean i apologize black men don't protect black women mm-hmm. is it's like that same reaction but i also understand that you know if there if if you guys are feeling this way there, there's some truth that somewhere like where is that you know like they're not just pulling this out of thin air right um and it's a it's a very like it's a it's a, like a it's one of those conversations that got a, like a lot of layers to it mm-hmm. but i will say like and i could speak specifically towards the situation especially about the one that you said right now about the fraternity brothers mm-hmm. i was talking to i was i was just talking about this in general everybody as far as specifically in the black community is that I feel like black men do struggle at holding other black men accountable and not in a fallacy way, like all black men, but I feel like there's a, I feel like, I feel like we've lately have become more distant with each other and it is a little bit more like, that's that nigga. Mm. Like I'm not feeling good involved. That's his business. Like I'm not, I got nothing to do with me. And it, I, I talked to my homie about this. Cause like, I talked to my homie about this. Cause if, I, if I'm like, if I'm like, yeah, I take, I, I use my girl for example. Like if I'm talking to my homie, like, yeah, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do right by my girl. I'm trying to do this, this and that, whatever. And I'm setting the standard and I'm talking to my friend about that. Once I act out of character, if I'm remaining in community with that person, he will check me like, Hey bro, you say you're trying to do this. What you trying? You finna go back at the girl at the bar. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like we're so distant. Black men mm-hmm. are so distant from each other mm-hmm. that it's like, I will say that to somebody, but I also won't talk to that person for another three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them a story about it and it's like, that's mm-hmm. that nigga life, bro. Like, it, cause it's almost like a distance. Like I don't, they don't feel involved. And I, hmm. I, I, I feel like I can speak to that scenario. And I feel like in that inherently black, like you said, when it comes to black women, I, I feel like y'all aren't protected because it's like, Y'all not holding another nigga to the standard, you know. Like I know I've been I've been the type I've had the conversation before about like if I if my friend is cheating, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go and tell tell his girl that he cheating, but I'm gonna press the issue on him. Like, hey, bro, you either gonna fix that or you gonna stop? I'm gonna stop dealing with you, mm-hmm. and like, you know. Cause for me, whether that be a black woman or white, whatever, like for me, that's just how I live my life. And if you are around me, I assume that you want to live your life in the same way. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. As far as coming like when, to go back to the story, to go back to like protecting black women, I know it's a, it's definitely a, a tough conversation because I think we talked about this with Ariel too about it's the definition of like you know black men today feel like they're protecting black women by telling them how to act, mm-hmm. how to dress. You know, don't do this, don't do that. Um, I don't. Brickgate is a surprising one for me because I do feel like black men are quick to hop up. And, I do agree. And square yeah. up for a black woman. I've seen many some videos where yeah. I've seen many videos where a black woman's getting yelled at by some white dude, and you see a random nigga out of nowhere like, "Hey, bruh," <laughs> you know. Um, I think we struggle when it comes to protecting black women when it comes to other black dudes, though. Mm-hmm. Cause I have seen videos of of a of a dude socking a girl, and yeah, it'd be like a big old tizzy of a fight after. But it'd be it'd usually do be a lot of girls 
trying to jump one dude at that point, and there'd be dudes around, like, <laughs> what's going on, you know? Well, even, so. I don't remember, remember that young woman and her son who were at that um, restaurant, and that and that black dude hit her, and her son got the gun and killed him? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember if there were other, I feel like there were other grown men around at that time. Um, or do I'll you have, remember? I would have to go back and watch the video, but I would not be surprised that there wasn't other men there and that's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't feel like maybe there it wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, and I hate to put it on the phones again, but I do feel like, like, I've seen videos of like stuff happening to people on a train, like on a New York train, and you see everybody recording it happened. I'm like, so nobody finna stop the robbery? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one's gonna stop the jumping? Yeah, no one's gonna step in. Yeah, say no anything. And like that, that like boggles me. And I, and I obviously. It goes back, to, like I said, I feel like the black community has these problems intensified. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, so I agree. While I agree, while I won't fully say that black women aren't protected, I do feel like men take more of a back seat mm-hmm. when it comes yeah. to, because like you said, it's more like if you tell me, if you came, not me personally, but if I'm a generalized black man, if you come to me like, in a jar, that dude outside smoking cigarette just grabbed my ass. I'm more like, are you sure? Instead of like immediately going into it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that isn't right, you know? Even if it's like something like, look, look what you're wearing, like it don't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we had a conversation after, <laughs> like, but not before, like. Should never wear. I'm not gonna go do that. Look how you dress. It's like you know, it could be as simple as like if a girl says something like, "Hey, breast smoking a cigarette outside, slap my ass." It could be as simple as, "Okay, I'm about to go have a conversation with him." Exactly. I'm about to go press him and leave it at that. Like you, you ask him the questions. You don't ask. Don't ask me the questions. Ask brother questions. Yeah. And if there's an issue when you need me to come into the conversation so we can equalize the story, then then okay. But. Yeah, it would be so nice to just feel like they 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 say that the only people in this world that are truly loved are loved unconditionally are women and children. Do you think that? I I, I do. Are you talking on a grand scale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like those are the people. Those are the two groups of people that. Um. Um, Did we bring that up in another episode? Mm-mm. I don't think we have, but I, I feel like those two groups of people, personally, on my how I, if I'm understanding it correctly, I feel like they get the most understanding and grace. I feel like that applies to most, except for black women and black children. Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to, I agree. You know, I mean, we think about um, was it Tamir? Not Tamir. Was it Tamir? Yeah, Tamir Rice. Mm-hmm. He's playing with a toy gun Mm -hmm. and, you know, a man walks up, a grown man walks up to him and bodies him. Mm -hmm. And it was like the, while we, I'm not going to say there wasn't a sentiment like, oh, it's sad. I do know a lot of people were like, see, you should never have that gun. Like what? He's a kid. Like, bro, like, so I'm, as a black kid, I can never have a Nerf gun. You know, <laughs> like, you know, and that, I mean, that goes back to the dosification mm-hmm. conversation, too. Is like there is certain things like 
it sucks to think about as a black kid. Some things that is off limits, like you have to be more aware of the world being born as a black kid because you're gonna get treated in certain ways, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's really fucked up. Yeah, I think same thing. Black women, like, if you get upset and find yourself getting emotional, I oh, got attitude. She going off. She snapping. But sometimes you see like a white woman do the same thing. Look how passionate she is. What's crazy? What's crazy to me though is like with that in mind, I feel like black men are loved unconditionally by black women and black children. I doubt it. So for this, but it's not always an equal exchange in the mm. way that you know. If the world sees women and children as, you know, the most loved unconditionally, but black women and black children are not part of that, but black men do get unconditional love from black women and black children, who is there to love us unconditionally? Yeah. Just ourselves. And that's not a fair world to live in because black men have themselves to love themselves unconditionally and black women and black children, but to not receive that back is just unfair. And you know, how we treat each other sets the standard for how the world is going to treat us as black people. So if black men are not stepping up to protect us effectively in the ways that black women and black children step up to protect black men, you know, effectively, it just kind of seems like that's a conversation black men could be having more consciously and more honestly. It's not to say that black men can't and aren't good at protecting, but we're just saying like, you don't do it enough. Yeah. You don't do it enough. That's what we're saying. Interesting. You you could do it more. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like do you feel like black men aren't don't love black women unconditionally? Hmm. Interesting. Sometimes. Not as a whole, I don't know. Yeah. Not as a whole, but I do feel like you have to be and it depends on like the type of black men that you're coming across, types of black men you're coming across cuz there are many black men out there who do love us unconditionally, but there are a good amount out there who don't. And, um, you know, that perpetuates a lot of the pain that we and suffering that we experience at the hands of, you know, our relationships with y'all. Mm-hmm. And again, but this is not to say that all of our pain and suffering is, is because of black men. I just want to be clear about that. Yeah, no, I, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm know? just more trying to get like a, a better perspective. Cause I'm like, Again, I live in a I live in a box. Mm-hmm. I, I just had to be honest. <laughs> like and like I joke around like I joke around and tell people all this like all that all the time because I'm like majority of my friends are minorities or black. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think I have very this is no knock to nobody. Like I, I've said before, like I don't really have many white friends. I got rock, I got white people that I rock with for sure. And I I do have white friends, but on grand scale, I think it's like eighty twenty, mm-hmm. maybe and it 20s being generous. I don't think I got 20% of my friends are white people. Mm-hmm. You know, majority of my people in my life are minorities or black. And I know we have these tough conversations amongst ourselves a lot of the times. Um, and maybe I need to have these conversations more about, about the, about the unconditional love part. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I'm just thinking like for us to be loved unconditionally, I mean, like that doesn't, I yeah, don't what know. Does that mean? What does that mean to you? Like, like define that for me. Well, I think that first starts with, like, on social media, how we're talked about. Okay. Um, even with the Brickgate, yeah. how black men came to, like you said, make comments about, you know, just being defensive. 
-hmm. It's really just being defensive instead of like really sitting and listening. And I feel like, I mean, maybe that could happen on both ends, but for, for me, what it would feel like is really listening and affirming what you're hearing Mm -hmm. because in the case, for example, with a guy that had assaulted me, there were other things that he did that I found out guys knew about that they did not tell me. And I don't know. I guess it's like I'm not uh, unconditional love to me looks like if it's clear that your bro has some character flaws and issues that you're holding them accountable to that or you're helping people to not be a victim to those things. If if you could I don't uh, I don't know. See, it gets tricky because then it's like, oh, do people need to be in people's business? But well, I, I'll say I, I'll, I, get, I get what you're saying. Specific to that scenario, you're saying that. And I feel like I feel like that's a I will say this to, to agree with you, because I, I do agree with you. I feel like black men's morals compass has been off for a long time. Mm-hmm. So like what we, you know, what we deem as. Right. Don't be always right. So like, you know, mm-hmm. And I think that's an overall black community. But like I said, having a side chick ain't that wild, you know? Mm-hmm. To a black man? Yeah, like saying that to a blood black, like, I got me a side piece on the side. Like, it's not like, oh, my God. Like, you're not going to be appalled. Like, okay, as long as you don't get caught. You know, like, mm-hmm. and I think I think when we talk about that, like, we talk about, like, moral compass. I do feel like the, as a community, especially as a black community, black men community, our moral compass is a little bit more off. So, and I, I again, goes back to, like, you know, in scenarios when it comes to protecting black women, it's like they that's a problem because like you see like that's way out of line and way out of pocket. But nigga like it's almost like you have to qualify to be protected by a mm-hmm. black man. Yeah. For a black man to step up, you gotta have these certain qualifications. Yeah. You know, is she bad enough? Uh does she look helpless enough? Yeah. You know, can I actually do something like it's also a matter of like, do black men believe they can actually make a difference if they step in and and try to protect and and believe that they're not going to cause greater harm either to themselves or the person. Mm. So I I get that. But uh, I do think that there's like more qualifications that black women have to have um, for black men to step up as opposed to the other way around. So I don't know. I guess that for me, cool it's, it's really just like balancing that out. I don't yeah. know what that looks like tangibly, but well, I, I, think, I just think it takes conversations like this. Cause yeah. like, you know, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not, I'm not a swing on somebody type of nigga. Mm-hmm. I've only been in like a few fights in my life, <laughs> but I am a type of, I am a confront. Like I, I will confront somebody like, Hey bro, like you wilding. Mm-hmm. Like chill out. <laughs> like you know like to check somebody yeah like and i feel like i don't see the i guess i can see the fear if if but that's and then i don't want to but i don't want to get i don't want to get too laser point on a, on a certain kind con- on like yeah like because i'm thinking of my this is the only only this is the only type of convert because i'll tell you like this i just keep it to explain the story it makes more sense i had a situation where uh one of my one of my cousins got killed mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And yeah, he so the way he died was protecting his sister. Sister was with a dude who was trash. She kept breaking up the dude. He would go over there and like, you know, hash it out with the dude, whatever, like whatever, and then she'll get back with the dude. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a constant cycle of that. It got to one point where the the, the boyfriend and ultimately ended up stabbing my cousin to death. 
And, you know, it's one of those tough scenarios where I'm not saying like, I'm not saying that story to like, say like, see black women, like not like anybody who try to get that is like misconstrued. I'm saying I'm, what I'm more saying is like, I can see the, you know, somebody who could see that, who sees that scenario. I could see them being like almost like a trauma attached to that was like, if I see, if I see like, depending on the person, it might be a little bit more, you know, pause, like, you know, if, if it's a hood nigga yeah. or like a buff dude who didn't like, hey, like, you know, you see, we seen a joke that buff dude just grabbed my ass. What are you going to do about it? And it's like, <laughs> what you want me to do? <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. And I'm not saying it's right, but I, I will say like to your com- your conversation, like do black men feel like they can even help in certain scenarios? Cause it's like, I don't have a problem if, if it's like, someone i guess you could say like me mm-hmm. like just getting out of the line maybe be too drunk like hey bro you need to relax bro like hey somebody come get him out of here whatever versus like you know somebody in a, in a a relationship with a guy that's like you know like maybe not the best character traits and he roughing her up like it's hard for, I, for me like even though i want to step in i do i will say that it is a little bit harder for me to step in if that's your nigga because mm-hmm. like Fuck. I'm gonna step in and I'm, you know, not saying like cost me my life, but I might cause myself harm and you can go off with the nigga again, you know? Yeah. And that's, I was just, I don't wanna talk about that conversation, but that's, well, that's yeah, because that's, yeah, that's like, that's domestic. like dialed in. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 yeah, domestic violence or, you know, um, abusive relationships is also kind of the territory that you're treading into there. And I mean, that is also trickier because, you know, domestic violence is certainly more prevalent in the black community than many others. So, um, it's a, it's a very reasonable fear, but yeah, I feel like there's so many parts of the spectrum and I under, I guess that's what I get is like, you know, for black men to have so many fears about what is, what comes with protecting a black woman. I get that. They have a lot more things to worry about than I think men of other ethnicities. And so for that, I can, I have a lot of compassion and understanding. Yeah. Um, but what that's what I, I just think it takes more conversations like this because yeah. I don't think it's wild for, cause like you said, it's not like the dude you're talking about sound like a gangster or something like that. He's in a fraternity in college. Like why wouldn't other people of like him, you know, check him if, you know, unless they were similar in their thinking, yeah. you know, oh, in their like, thinking, not maybe behavior, what it was, you know, I think because especially in college, like the way that women were sexualized, I mean, this was like, you know, Drake take care era, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, where I don't know. I just feel like at that time it, it was a lot more appropriate to be overtly sexualizing girls and even like, especially in the clubs and stuff like that. So yeah different time i don't know that many people saw what i was describing is wrong considering we had had an intimate relationship leading up to that moment but i knew Mm. in that moment we were not intimate anymore yeah you know so it's you get what i mean i get what you're saying in that like people don't know the dynamic they don't know everything that's led up to a particular conflict or point of coming coming apart in a relationship I could see why there's hesitation to intervene. And so, yeah, it's not easy for black people to yeah. know. No, no. And, and as I said, I feel like men. we have to have more conversations about that and just hold 
as men hold each other to a higher standard. Because, like yeah. again, like we talked about before, like you know, uh, protecting black women is better for the back is better for the black community. Holding black men to a higher standard is better for the black community. Like it, they both work hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. it, holding black men to a higher standard protects black women. You know, like so it's like mm-hmm. I think that's we have to stop trying to not saying you guys, but like the, I feel like the conversation when we have these conversations is more like, but look what you doing. Look what you doing. Mm-hmm. You got your stomach out. And it's like, what is that? Like, like what does that mean? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, of all things, that's what you're worried about right now. Like, that, don't, yeah. that, don't, that don't change what's happening right now. So. October is um, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So maybe in our next episode, we can talk just a little bit more about that topic. Yeah, that'd be, um, I think that'd be a good topic to talk about. But I did want to talk about one more thing for relief. Okay. I think we can end it on this. Okay. I wanted to. I wanted to. Let me pull it up. My notes. My notes. My notes. Where's my notes? I want. I wanted to get into. Actually, do I have something else? Was that everything? Was that everything? We didn't talk about love is blind, but oh. Is that it? Love is blind. How there's going to be a... A suit? Well, a lawsuit, or there was a lawsuit, or you, and you were saying that there's going to be a union made for yeah. reality show stars. Yeah, there were... So there was a... Basically, there's a... I think I believe there's a documentary out. Is it a documentary? Or are they making a documentary? On Love... On, on, on the... On the... um. Love is blind? Let me see. Let's come back to this one next next episode. We don't have to do yeah, talk about I, this. I got I got to do more research on that. I I got I got the gist of it that the the guy basically is a, he made a TikTok talking about how the living conditions were just like oh yeah raggedy like didn't have sustained didn't have water you know didn't have toiletries and things like that real like, meals it was mainly like alcohol they were living on alcohol living on alcohol mostly and that became you know, a major thing because you know major health concern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like he's suing, he's suing, and then a lot of other cast people are coming to sue too because they were in like you know that wasn't that's not how it's supposed to be. You know, what I'm saying if I get hired, if I get you're basically hiring me, you're not taking care of me. Why well, I'm not? I can't even fend for myself. Like you're not even paying me enough. We're on an island. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the labor conditions need to be up to par. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I'm gonna get it. We gonna we gonna get into that next week because I, I kind of yeah. wanted to look more into it because I I think it's a cool and I think it's a cool conversation. I think it's pretty funny actually. Yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna I want to ask my mentor some of her thoughts on it. She studies she studies TV, um, and I'm sure she's got a lot to say about this reality TV, um, reality TV. Uh, what's it called? Union. But check her check out her podcast by the way. It is the TV Doctor. If anybody's curious, she does some really awesome talks on uh, media and just critiquing critiquing them from an academic, but also just like very grounded, real life. I don't know, constructive manner. Mm-hmm. It's looking at TV from a way that's not just like taking it in and gossiping about it, but really picking things apart from um, like a theoretical place. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But anyway, anyway, yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff, <laughs> check it out. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, I always like the good, uh, what they call them, retrospectives now. Mm-hmm. People sit there and like break down like 
how they thought of like look look back on old stuff and like break it down like yeah, TV, so like that. it's, it's like cool. old TVs, current TV shows. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she, I remember she had this segment where I haven't listened in a while, but she had this segment where if you um, will call in, she would give you tell her tell, tell her a little bit about what you're experiencing. She'll prescribe you a TV show to help you kind of move through what it is you're experiencing. That's kind of vibe. So That's what's up. it's pretty cool. She loved TV. Yes. Dr. Michelle Foss Snowden. Check her out. The, the TV doctor. But okay. otherwise... Yeah, I think that's pretty much it, y'all. Yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a, you know, needed conversation. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Appreciate you guys. As always, do me a favor. If you guys got this far, do me a favor. Like the video, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, please rate the podcast five stars. Um, and do me a favor. Share it with somebody. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think... I've been big on sharing podcasts and people podcast clips and stuff. So yeah, yeah don't sharing be afraid. Caring. Exactly. Share with people, you know, yeah. um, word of mouth is the best thing. And shout out to Ariel for our topics today. Big shout out to Ariel. And joining for sure. the team. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. Again, appreciate you guys. I'm out of here. Yo. Peace. <laughs>